I mentioned that we're going to mention at the end of service our total from last week's Every Nation, Every Soul offering. Super awesome and excited about it. But but first, we're going to jump into the Word this morning and look at Philippians chapter 4. Now before we even jump into the Word, I mentioned a few minutes ago, uh, the thought of discipleship, and as a church and as a staff, we are really trying to say, Lord, how do we disciple? How do we do that? What's the best practices? Because discipleship is so vital. And discipleship isn't only what we do as pastors to people. In fact, that's a small part of it. Discipleship is all of us. We should all be discipling and being discipled all the time. In other words, unless you've figured out the, the right thing to do, we all are in this place of trying to grow and look more like Jesus. Right, and we're going to be doing that until we stand before Jesus in heaven, which will be a great day when there's no tears, death, sorrow, or sin. But until then, we all are on a discipleship process. We're growing and looking more like the Lord. And when it comes to our finances, it's not just something that a church needs to keep the lights on or to have nice, comfortable things. Or It's not just something we do when we think of our, our missions offerings. And every month, we now send over $16,000 a month around the world because of your faithfulness to almost 80 missionaries and mission organizations. That happens because people, you, give, and you're consistent in giving, right? It's not only that is what giving and offering is for, but throughout the Word of God, we see that giving is a discipleship, discipleship issue. It's like reading the Word. It's like praying. It's like spending time with God. Our giving is a big part of our heart and our heart being turned towards the Lord. I believe what we just read out of Philippians chapter 4, I think Paul is making it pretty clear. His thankfulness for the church, but also not just his thankfulness, but what happens in heaven, what happens on your account, what happened here for the church of Philippi because of their faithfulness, because they gave. And this morning, if you're like, man, we just had multiple weeks of giving and we just had multiple weeks of talk. You're right. After this, we're going to have Christmas and all those things and Thanksgiving. And we won't, probably aren't going to talk about giving uh, besides our offering minute, right? But I believe that we're to this spot and we're not going to skip it because it's a discipleship heart issue. And my prayer is that Pastor Rachel and myself, my prayer is that each one of you here, that we would simply do what God has called us to do. And if we are, then we believe, I believe the word of God would say, Paul would say, that you're going to be blessed. In fact, Jesus would say, you're going to be blessed. So wherever you are, in fact, maybe you're like, oh my goodness, we have to talk about giving. Maybe that's your, your thought today. I pray that God speaks to you and encourages you in a special and a real way this morning. Because I know that when we are faithful, he will simply move. And that's what he's going to do this morning. So as we jump into the word, Philippians chapter 4, verse 10, gets it started off, and he says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. He says, I rejoice in your concern for me. If you can imagine Paul here, he is in prison. He's not exactly in a luxurious uh, accommodation sort of a place. He is not in our American jail system. He's in a whole nother situation, a whole nother world. And the, uh, the gift that Epaphroditus brought to him from the church here in Philippi was such a blessing. 
I can't even imagine or think to put myself in that spot. But he was blessed by their concern. He says that they had no opportunity, but when the opportunity showed up, they moved. And my prayer is that our hearts, that we would be a people, that when opportunity comes, it would lead us to flourishing care. Not like, oh, I guess I'll do something. But Lord, when there's an opportunity, use and mold me and change me and move me to a place that I personally and that we as a church family get to make a huge difference around the world. There's nothing like it. That's why the five projects we just talked about are such a huge thing because we are going to see cafes created in a place where non-believers are going to come and have the opportunity to sit and drink coffee with other believers and watch as God works in their life. We're going to be able to see Bible schools and church planning schools built that are going to see the gospel message go forth. The opportunity arose and when it arose, you, the church, stood up. And I think just like Paul, he would be able to say it now. Your concern for me. It was revived. What happened? The opportunity was made. As we continue, verse 11, not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. There's something in Paul's life where he says, I want you to know that the giving is not because Paul in prison needs it. Paul's like, I appreciate it. I really am thankful, but I have learned to be content. And when we think about money, and we think about what money is, and what it is, and what it means to us individually, there's seasons of our life. And it says he learned to be content. We have small children. They're not anymore babies. We're thankful for that. And some of you that have babies, bless you. Bless you. God will get you through that season. But every conversation it feels like we have in our home is learning. If it was a small baby, their crying was learning how to communicate, right? At one point, then they started talking. And sometime between 4 and 16, they stopped crying as much, right? And they started talking more. Hopefully more on the 4 side. But, right, they, they learned how to talk. And in our life, we must learn to be content. It's a process. Anybody like, oh, I love it when I'm in need. No, probably not. Not really. Anybody say, well, I can make it when I mean need. Maybe we can say that because we have, like Paul, experienced him. We've experienced God. We've experienced him work in our lives. To be able to say, I will be content no matter where I am, no matter what the situation is. In fact, in verse 12 he goes on, and it gets even more real. It says, I know, I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. Which one would we prefer? We like abounding probably a little bit better. Right? But he says, I have learned how to be brought low and how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, of abundance and need. He's been in a place, and even some of the songs I think we just sang were perfectly inter interwoven with what Paul is saying here. He's been in a place of abundance. He's been in a place of need. He's been in a place right now in this writing where he's in prison and has nothing. And he's been in a place where he was rich compared to community standards around him. He's been in the good and he's been in the bad. And it says he's learned the secret. He's learned the secret of contentment. He's look, learned the secret of being content no matter what the situation. And in our context, in our world, I feel like there are times when, when I'm in need, it's actually easier to say, Lord, I need you. 
oh Lord, I have a problem. I have a health concern. I can't afford anything. I need a job. I don't know what to do. And so what do we do? I find, personally, it's easier to say, Lord, I give you everything. Because I don't have anything anyways. It's pretty easy. Lord, if you don't move, I don't know what to do. And we give him all. But then on the other side, Lord, I'm walking in abundance. And does anybody find it maybe more difficult, actually, to be in need of God when I walk on the side of abundance? Now my life is easy. My cars are nice. They're new enough. They don't break down very often. My house is nice. The comfort is nice. I'm not worried about warmth. I'm not worried. And even in physical body, I just go and I've got doctors and I've got everything I need. So I don't even really worry about that. Like my life is abundant. And is it possible that Paul's even saying he puts it back and forth and back and forth? It's not only that he learned the secret in need, but he's learned the secret in abundance that wherever he is, his worship is going to be way louder than his complaint. His worship is going to be louder than his problem. Because when I'm in need, I've got real needs and I give it all. But has anybody ever been in the spot where maybe you're on the other side and now things that I complain about and I worry about and I struggle with are kind of nothings? If I go back here and think about food and clothing and care, like this is, this is a big deal, but now I'm in abundance, and now everything is a problem, and I, I start to get picky on stuff that maybe that's not need in my life, but maybe I need to start needing God like I needed him back here. And I believe that Paul is speaking here, and he's saying that God will take care of, he will give provision, but we must learn the secret. We must learn the secret of walking in the Lord, of being able to be in poverty even, or to abound. We must learn to be in, in terrible health, but also learn how to need God when we're in perfect health. We need to learn how when it's not going how we want, and when everything is exactly how we want, to still need Jesus in the same manner. To let our worship be the same when it's good, and our worship be the same when it's bad. And if giving in our life is one of those areas of learning, learning to be obedient, learning to walk in the Lord, it's huge. It, it, it changes who we are. And if we don't get the, our giving, the provision part of our life right, we miss a whole area of blessing that God will want to pour out upon us. When we think about giving, when we started at the church 17 years ago, uh, Rachel and I, we were young. We were just out of college. In fact, Rachel, we got married. She was 19 for one month when we got married. I was just a little bit older than her. I mean, that's, that's, that's as young as it gets. She was almost 18 years old when she got married. We just got married one month earlier, right? I mean, young. And we didn't make near as much money we, as we make now. And I can say I feel so blessed by Radiant Life Church. So blessed. But you know, when I think about it, there were times when we made a whole lot less money when God would be like, hey, I feel that, you know, we felt that God was saying to give a certain amount. We're like, we do not have that money to give. Like, it's not like I need to pull it out of my savings account or I need to pull it off the surplus. But literally, I don't have that, God. So do you want me to give that even though I don't have it? Or do you want me to be smart and do what, you know, Dave Ramsey would say over here. I want to be more Dave Ramsey-like in all of my ways and money, right? So you save so you can give. And God's like, give. I think God says give so you can save, but uh, 
And when you say, yes, Lord, we're going to give. And when you watch God show up over and over and over again, that you are faithful, you do what God says, and God repays. In money sometimes, like he actually makes it possible. But in so many other areas of our life, I think Paul is saying so clearly, I've learned the secret that if I've got nothing, I'm still going to do what God's called me to do. If I've got a lot, I'm going to do what God has called me to do. Now, Maybe in this room, you'd be like me. Maybe you were down over here and like, I don't know. I don't have it, but I'm going to give. And maybe you've been on this side. And I'm going to be real with you. I find it more difficult on this side to be faithful with the same level of pain of giving. Is think how I would say it. Like faith in giving. Down here, Lord, I don't have it. Okay, I'll give it. Up here, it's like, Lord, if I gave similarly in pain, that's a lot. No one would give that much. No one would do that. That doesn't make any sense, God. I can't do that. Or you'd say, well, I, yeah, but I'm, I'm saving for whatever. Because now everything looks different. And there's something in our life, in our spirit, when we begin to say, Lord, I'm going to be faithful. And my faithfulness does not matter. And it doesn't make a difference on good, on bad, on medium, on everything is awesome. Lord, my faithfulness is going to be to you and to your voice. Which means I've learned the secret. I've learned to be content. I've learned to say yes to you. I've learned to be obedient in your sight no matter what I feel, no matter what I think, no matter what the moment is. And sometimes that means, Lord, I'm going to give and I don't know how this is possible. Sometimes that means, Lord, the, the principle of tithing is, is throughout the word. I'm going to give my 10%. Rachel and I have decided we don't care what bills look like. We don't care what anything looks like. We will tithe, which means our income comes in, and we will send 10% out. We actually are more, like, we want to be 15. Our goal is 20. Like, keep moving. In a high, why? Because we believe when we give, we're, it's going to be given back. So it doesn't hurt us to give more. So, Lord, give us wisdom. And how do we do that? And part of it is, Lord, I'm going to be faithful. It came in. I'm going to give it. I'm not going to wait to see if I can give it. I'm going to give it because you've called us to be faithful. You've called us to be givers. Malachi is a great book to look at, to study and say, oh man, Lord, you are so good. You're so good. My question in my giving, in my life, in my discipleship, in my time, you can throw a whole lot of other things in there. Specifically to this is our giving, is our complaint or our worship louder in every season. If my complaint starts to get louder, then Lord, would you help me? Lord, help my worship overcome. Because if I want anxiety and worry and depression and things out of my life, my worship must be louder. And if complaint starts to rise, then I'm going to struggle in areas that God has not intended for me to struggle. So Lord, let my worship be loud. Then for 13 continues on. And I love this. And I've, I've heard this. And if you've been in the church world, You've heard this many, many times, but I never thought of it directly in relation to giving. Paul is talking about giving. He's, he's talking about them being faithful. He's talking about facing hunger and facing need. And then he says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And putting it in context, he's saying the Philippian church who gave to him when no one else were. The Philippian church who was faithful when no one else was faithful. The Philippian church who gave to something that didn't do anything personally for them. Did it do anything for Epaphroditus to take this gift to Paul in prison? Not, not personally, not directly. It didn't make their lives more comfortable. 
But they gave, and when they gave, then Paul could say, you're going to do all things through Christ who strengthens you. There's something about our literal giving of time and energy, of course, but of our money that Paul puts a, a relation to of anything being possible in your life. There's a strengthening that happens when we say, Lord, I commit everything to you. There's a strengthening that happens when we say, Lord, not one part of me or not this bank account or this area or this part of who I am, but no, every part of me I put at your feet. And when I put it at your feet, God's able to come along and Paul would say, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And for a Radiant Life Church and for me as an individual and for you as an individual, my question is, do you walk in the reality that you can do all things in Jesus? Is that the reality that you walk in? Because that's the reality of the word, which means you can choose to walk in that reality. But if so, Lord, every part of me, let my life look more like you and act more like you and talk more like you. Let me be, be and do the things you would have me to do. And that includes giving here in Philippians chapter 4. And that includes all the other areas of my life. Lord, I give it to you. I lay it at your feet. And Lord, I'm going to live in a way that it's not, I don't know what's going to happen. No, but I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That could be your word this week. If you're struggling, if you're being faithful, like the church at Philippians, in your life and your giving and who you are and your discipleship, then you don't need to worry. I'm not sure if God's going to do it. No, you can know he can and he will do all things in your life. He can strengthen you. He can build you up. Before we turn and before we uh, leave this passage in Philippians, I love the last few verses we read them together, and a few things that jumped out me, at me, and I would say are Paul's giving observations that I think are vital. Maybe you need to write these down, take a picture of the screen, whatever it might be today. But there's six of them that I think are valuable to you and valuable to me before we move from this topic. In verse 14, we see that he, he says, you've shared in my trouble, you've been there for me. And I think Paul, through this whole part, is saying godly giving does more for the giver than the receiver. There's something powerful about realizing that it's not that if you don't give, something's not going to happen. Because God's pretty big. God's pretty great. But when you give, and when I give, and we come together, something bigger happens in your life, in your life, than even the one who receives that money or that blessing in their life. Verse 17, even more specific, their giving increased the fruit in their account before God. I don't know about anybody else, but I would like the fruit in my account before the Lord to be higher, not lower. Right? I want, I want to just be faithful to the Lord. Paul says that your giving increased the fruit. And then verse 18, your giving is a sweet-smelling aroma pleasing to God. In fact, I find this to be absolutely amazing, but in Ephesians chapter 5, the same terminology is used in reference to Jesus' sacrifice for us. What he did for us on the cross, our sacrifice are likewise pleasing to God as a sweet-smelling aroma. And I don't know about anybody else, but Jesus dying on the cross is nothing like me giving a little bit of money. It's not in the same category. But here Paul used the same terminology to say it's sweet aroma to the Lord. You want to bring a sweet aroma to the Lord, then we give with all we are. And that includes our giving 
It includes the provision that God has given us. It includes the supply of the Father that he drops on us so we can push out to make a difference in our world. A sweet-smelling aroma. And then verse 19, three things. Our God will supply all our needs. Come on, he's going to take care of you. This, the church in Philippi, he says, you've been a blessing and God will take care of your need. Which means if you're worried, will God take care of my need? If you're worried, will God strengthen me? If you're willing, will God help? God is going to help you. He's going to take care of your need when we're faithful. As if we're like Philippi and we're doing the things of God, then you don't have to worry about it. You can take it to the bank because the word of God would speak. He will supply your needs. And it doesn't only stop there. It goes on according to his riches and glory. What's that mean? That means there is no lack. There is an abundance of ability for God to take care of your need. It's not like, well, will he or maybe can't? No. The riches of heaven, he says here, he puts in, are for you. And there's a measure, a staggering, staggering measure of blessing when we're faithful. Supply your needs according to his riches and glory. And closing out verse 19, in Christ Jesus. Church, when we are faithful, when we're open, when we're willing participants in, in sending the gospel around the world, when we're willing participants in our tithe and our giving and our missions and our every nation, every soul offering, when we're willing participants to see something happen on the other side of the world that we may never visually see with our eyes in person because we know there's somebody that needs Jesus. The word says our God will supply all our needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. It's a discipleship issue in our life when we give, when we are a part, when we are all in. There's nothing, there's nothing that can be withheld from you and what God wants to do. This promise simply expresses what Jesus said in Luke 6, 38. Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put into your lap. I like how it says it. It will be put into your lap over and over and over. The faithfulness of God is released when we step out in faith. Pastor Dave has said for a long time, if he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And there's something about realizing the word in a different way, right? If he can get it through you, he'll get it to you. And church, let's be faithful to take the message of the gospel. Let's be faithful to our local community, our local church for sure. But then as a pastor, I'm way more excited about $16,000 every month that we send around the world. I'm way more excited about $25,000 that this last, or over, we're going to actually, I just gave it away. 26000 plus this last week that we got to give to the nations of the world. That's what's exciting because church is not about us and being here and doing our own thing, but it's about one more person knowing Jesus in Dublin, in Columbus, in Ohio, in the United States, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. We get to be a part. Before we close this morning, I want to encourage you. If you're not a part of consistently, faithfully giving, I want to encourage you to look in Micah. Uh, do a little bit of a study on giving. There's something about when we are faithful to give that God moved. We've just heard Paul's view on it. We've just heard his view. And all over this room, in fact, if you say, hey, anybody tithe, 
people that are in this room that tithe could tell you that's going to be the first check they're going to write. We're not going to skip that check. We're not skipping that one because we see direct correlation between the blessing of God, the word tells us, and our faithfulness in giving. And if you're not a part of partnering with the church, not only a special offering, which was amazing, but over and above, starting with the tithe and the offering, I want to encourage you to join in, to be a part, to say, hey, I don't know if I can do a whole tithe. If, if you're like, hey, just start, I encourage you to start weekly giving. Let God grow that. But maybe you're like, you know what, I'm going to take a step and I'm going to start tithing. If you go from nothing to 10%, that's a pretty big uh, a step. Anybody, that's a pretty big step. And we are so confident in the word of God. We're so confident in the truths of the word of God. That if you say, you know what, I'm going to start tithing. If in 90 days you come back and say, that didn't work for me. I don't, God didn't bless. We will give you every penny back. Because we believe that the word of God is so real and so powerful. And that there's such a blessing that when we give, when we sow into the kingdom, it is turned over and over and over again in our life. We believe that it does more for the giver than the receiver. We believe that there's an increase in the fruit, uh, in their account before God. We believe that there's a sweet-smelling aroma in heaven. And I, I want all of that. And we believe that when we're faithful, we know God will supply all our need according to his riches in Christ Jesus. So today, I want to encourage us to be all in, to jump in. And then, I also want to say, which I already ruined the, the little bit of a surprise, but last week, you guys, just the faithfulness, I'm so blessed and encouraged. Over $26,000 was given that we're going to be able to send all over the world. And I am just pumped and thankful. I think we have a slide maybe that's going to go up there, but so thankful for you and for your faithfulness. And something that just does my heart well. Sometimes you wonder, I just asked, and there were no, no massive gifts. This was all of us being a part, all of us doing our part together, seeing $26,000 raised. If you haven't been a part, you can still jump on and be a part of our offering for every nation, every soul. But thank you, thank you, thank you for your faithfulness. It's one of those offerings, every penny is going elsewhere. It's going somewhere else. It's going to another community, another country, halfway across the world to see someone come to know Jesus. Today, it's a sweet-smelling aroma before the Lord. So thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for your faithfulness in giving. We are so blessed at Radiant Life Church. And I want you to know as your pastor, the more that God does, the more in finances, we are just going to give more away because we believe it's the call that God has given us to see one more person come to know him, experience him, and come to just know the love of Jesus. That's what it is about. And as we are together, as we're united, as we are all in, then we can do more and more for the kingdom of God, both here and around the world. Before we go today, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over you, encourage you, and once again, just say thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord. So Lord, we love you. We're thankful, God, that when we give, Lord, it's not some uh, like magical thing, but God, when we give, our hearts are aligned to you. There's something that happens in heaven. And Lord, we know that we will be blessed in a different way than if we don't. We're thankful for your word. We're thankful for the truths of your word. We're thankful, Lord Jesus, for the truths and the blessing that comes with tithing and giving, Lord. And I pray that you would bless each person in this room. Their faithfulness to you, God. Lord, that you would use them, that you would mold them, that you would turn them and, and make them look more like you every day. 
And Lord, because of a group of people, the Rad fam coming together, Lord, we pray that one more person over and over and over again would see you, experience you, and know you. In Dublin, Ohio, in this building, in our communities, out on the streets, where we live, in our workplace, and Lord Jesus, all the way around the world, Lord, we're thankful that we get to be a part of seeing the message of the gospel go forth. Bless this church. Build them up, Lord. We're so thankful for your blessing. We love you. In your name we pray, Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for being here this morning. Reminder, Euchre Tournament, 5.30 this evening. Be sure to come out. $25 uh, minimum donation. Uh, you can be a part of that. It's going to be good. And sign up for our Seek the Spirit event, the 29th. We'd love to have you come join us. We love you all. Have a great day. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus.